1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And we are live on Periscope. For those of you not on Periscope right now, you'll be listening to this later. Um, But why weren't you with us? I mean, I know you did not have other stuff to do. Literally, no one has other stuff to do. Um, Of course, some people do. They're essential workers. And we thank everyone who is making sure that we get to, to stay safe and stay home. Because not everyone gets to do that. Not everyone gets that luxury. So you doing that and listening to this later hopefully will allow us uh, to stay safe and we we really do appreciate that. Uh, we're less than a week away now. A week from right now, we will be discussing who the Packers took with the 30th pick unless you are the kind of person who thinks Green Bay is going to trade out of the first round. And then we would have a lot less to talk about. And I know that that will make a lot of Packer fans very angry uh, because there is a lot of buildup. What else do we have to talk about? And then all of a sudden to have all of this buildup and get to that point where you're so excited. You can't wait to talk about this person. You can't wait to talk yourself into this person. And then Green Bay doesn't make a pick. (laughs) Now, hopefully, if that does happen, it means they traded back. They got, you know, a, a nice package of other picks. Uh, you know, anytime you trade back, it's because you're trying to add value or you don't like what's going on with your current situation. So, uh, a lot, a lot of trade scenarios that are out there right now. It sounds like a lot of those mid-tier teams want to trade down. That was reporting that was out there today. Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Ian Rapaport talked about it. A lot of those teams, 15 down to 25, there's probably 20 first-round grades for most teams in this draft. So let's say you're sitting there at 17 or 18, and all of your your firsts are gone except for two or three players that you don't really need and that you have long-term solutions at those positions— you could be looking to trade down. I I saw a really fascinating trade. Michael Kist, who who has a great Eagles podcast and covers the team, suggested 30 and 94 for 21, and I think it's 124. It's it's whatever the the Eagles' fourth-round pick is. And that was really interesting because if you can move up and get that receiver that you think is just – head and shoulders if you think there is someone who is head and shoulders above the rest of the guys let's say you are the kind of person as i am who believes justin jefferson is wide receiver two, and jerry judy goes Ceedee lamb goes henry ruggs goes and you're sitting there and you can get this guy who you think is a top 15 talent you move up and do that now there you always have to have a partner you have to be willing to have someone come down And those options are not always there for you. You don't always have the ability. So uh, this is something that we we talk a lot about with Rashawn Gary. I hear from Packer fans all the time, well, they could have traded down from 12 if Rashawn Gary was their guy. Well, first of all, someone has to be willing to trade down. And second of all, they loved Rashawn Gary. If you love someone at a spot, you take them. And the other thing that I think is interesting, and this is just an aside, Bill Barnwell and Lindsey Jones did a, A podcast for Bill's show on ESPN, and they did a redraft of 2019. It's a little early, but there were two Packers in the top 16 of their drafts. Elton Jenkins and Darnell Savage both went in one of their drafts. Bill drafted Savage, and Lindsey drafted Elton Jenkins. It's a reminder that really good players at the top of the draft. Rashawn Gary is sort of the extra pick. I know that a lot of fans got really excited. Oh, he's the 12th overall pick. We need someone who can come in and help right away. Well, they got that guy. Darnell Savage was a day one starter. And Elton Jenkins was practically a day one starter. So with your first three picks, you get two day one starters, guys who have Pro Bowl talent, and you have a player at a premium position. It it is a reminder to not overreact to the moment. What happens at the draft has trickle-down effects for what happens later, but what happens later is often different than we would have predicted in April. Now, we knew when Darnell Savage was drafted, he'd be the day-one starter at safety, right? We didn't know even what position Elton Jenkins was going to play. Is he going to be a guard? Is he a backup center? Is he a tackle? He played all over the offensive line in training camp. Could he move? There's been some discussions, hey, just put him at right tackle. If you were a long-time listener of this show, you know that I was one of those people who thought, hey, maybe maybe Elton Jenkins can play tackle. He might be their best option there, honestly. Keep Lane Taylor, move Jenkins to tackle, and that's your best five. I don't think that's crazy. Now, I think there's enough tackle depth in this draft that you can get your future right tackle. Leave Jenkins where he is because he's a really good left guard. And then if you need to take your tackle, you can take your tackle. Now, one interesting trade that's been out there, and I don't wanna say report because that would imply a reporter, but former front office exec, Mike Lombardi, who has the right name for Packers fans anyway, put out there that he thought OJ Howard would be available. And this is music to the ears of a lot of Packer fans. And if it's real, yeah, I, I I don't have any way of knowing if it's a real option or not, I don't have any way of knowing if there is actually a possibility that this could happen. And so if it could, what is what is fair value for O.J. Howard? If you can get him for a third round pick, that's probably the right range. I mean, you're talking about a former first, a guy who can play in the run game, a guy who can do some things for you in the passing game, extremely athletic. If you're advocating taking a tight end in this draft, and I'm not necessarily, by the way, uh, but if you are, that makes some sense. Uh, I don't know that it's something that they need to do, but it, it certainly would be interesting. I think it would it would open up their draft because if you get a tight end in the third round, do you feel pretty good about where you are with the pass catchers? If you get O.J. Howard with the third round pick, the the stated goal, according to reports, Rob Domofsky said— that the Packers wanted to get two pass catchers, one in free agency and one in the draft. And their goal was to get uh, Hunter Henry, or excuse me, Austin Hooper, in free agency and then draft a receiver. Well, what about the reverse? Devin Funches is a receiver, and you could get your tight end. You don't actually have to draft anybody. Now you can go and and take a mid-round pick. You're using that third-round pick like it's a, on, a, on a draft player, but it's on a player you actually know can play NFL football. So that's an interesting uh, proposition. You could still take a receiver early or you could wait. It would allow you to wait because now you've added two pass catchers. Is Devin Funchis a world beater? No. Is O.J. Howard going to fundamentally change their offense? No. But you could be sitting there and say, okay, now it's easier with the fourth round pick, Antonio Gibson, Devin DuVernay, John Hightower in the fifth, you can, you can be a little bit more selective with who your guys are because uh, they are niche players. They're, they're role players. And you can use your first pick on a tackle, on a linebacker, on a defensive lineman in the second round. These are the kind of options that this provides you with. And, and I think it's the kind of thing that could be appealing to a team like the Packers. I'm, I'm still dubious that this is real. I'm not convinced at all that, that Howard is actually available, especially with Tom Brady relying on the tight end as much as he does and not having that Julian Edelman type on the roster, not having that guy who can give you those quick passes. Having a tight end makes it easier for you to do some of that, and, and I think it's something that is potentially worth exploring for them. We'll see what happens. Uh, with uh, there, there are going to be some trades. There are going to be some trades between now and the draft and on draft day. Desmond King is, is almost certainly going to be on the move, and there are some other players who I, I think are, we have a good chance of seeing traded. Not all of them we know right now. This is going to be one of the more unpredictable drafts that we've seen in a long time. Daniel Jeremiah said it uh, on Twitter today. He said, you know, look, there, there is a lot of groupthink that goes on from proximity All the teams come together at these pro days, the scouts talk, the front office people talk, and they say, what do you you think about so-and-so? Oh, hey, I love this guy. Don't you love this guy? Isn't he great? And ultimately, there's a consensus that forms. It coalesces around a a league-wide consensus. When you don't have that, it changes how your consensus in your building is formed and it it revolves around the opinions only of the guys in your building. So, if you're removing this groupthink from the outside, all of a sudden you're going to have you're going to have some teams that think, you know, receiver 3 is receiver 8, you're going to see some teams who think running back 2 is running back 12. And that seems like a crazy idea, but it's really not. I mean, I think this is this is realistic that this is the this is going to be Maybe not all-time volatility, but but some pretty serious volatility with this draft. David Harrison here, the Locked On
0: Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a twenty-one grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store
1: one thing i do want to talk about uh is this question about need and i wrote about it for me packing company earlier in the week, and I I looked at a couple different indicators. I I first looked at football outsiders and tried to get a statistical understanding of where Green Bay was weak and where they were strong. And then I used Pro Football Focus, their grades, to figure out qualitatively where their strengths and weaknesses were. I I then used Mike Clay, who's a fantasy guy at ESPN. He does a little bit of both. In order to do the, the quantitative part, the fantasy part, you need to be able to do some qualitative analysis of where the teams stand. If you're, you know, trying to figure out who, which receiver is going to be good that week, you want to look at who they're playing against at at corner. Who is who is the opposing, you know, best defensive player? Could they wreck the game? So, I tried to put together a list of of needs based on that, and the the list turned out probably more interesting than I even expected it to be. There's some obvious answers here. I don't think it should surprise anyone that after all of the the numbers were crunched, right, it said okay, the middle of the defense is a problem. Linebacker, defensive line. We knew that. And what is interesting though to me is when we, when we get to the final list, the overlap is linebacker, cornerback, receiver, offensive tackle, defensive line. Now if we want to care about positional value, I think we have to tweak that a little bit and maybe you you put the cornerbacks first, receiver offensive tackle or and, and this is a fascinating option for me as far as the players that I'm looking at. There are a bunch of guys in this draft who are cover safeties, Antoine Winfield, Kayvon Wallace, Jeremy Chin, Terrell Burgess, and they are top 100 picks. So what if Green Bay says, rather than worry about the other linebacker, we're going to draft a safety who can cover and play big nickel that way. This has been something that I've, that I've been thinking about for a long time, and especially with someone like Jeremy Chin, who you're probably going to need a top 50 pick on. He's, a, he's big enough to look like a linebacker. He is a big, physical dude. He, he plays in a lot of ways like a safety. But if you ask him to cover in man, he can do it against receivers. If you ask him to blitz, he flies around the field. And there are some instinct things that that you want to worry about. And there are, you know, some some run fit things that you have to figure out, but the athletic gifts and then the the just the see ball, get ball mentality. The the if I have to cover the if I have to play the cat defense, he can he can do that. I, I love this. Spencer Hall on Mina Kimes podcast talked about Antonio Gibson from Memphis as a getcha guy. Whatever you need, he'll get it for you. So if you need a touchdown, he'll get you one. I think Jeremy Chin is a get you guy. If you need a play on defense, if you need a sack, if you need a, a pass breakup, you need a big run stop. You need you need someone to go cover someone in the slot. Jeremy Chin can get you a play, and that's that's another reason why I love Antoine Winfield. He's a get you guy. Kevon Wallace is a get you guy. They don't have a lot of those on defense. They have guys who can fill you know specific roles. They have guys who can fit particular, specific, you know, niche-type roles on defense, at least in the middle of the field. You know, Christian Kirksey is is a particular type of player. He's not a Blake Martinez, one-dimensional kind of guy, but, you know, he, he can't do everything for you. Adrian Amos is a versatile player, but if you need him to go lock down an opposing tight end, it's really not his thing. Darnell Savage can play a little bit of everywhere, and you know you you can you can play him in the middle of the field, but he's not he's not quite a get you guy, and that doesn't it. This is not all about talent. You know you could draft someone who's not quite as talented, a Swiss Army knife guy who doesn't have you know the top end talent of any particular thing. You know they're not great at anything, but they can do everything. And that's Antoine Winfield, by the way. He, can, he is a playmaker. He is He is probably defensively the best getcha guy in this draft. Shout-out Spencer Hall. And I think that's the kind of player Green Bay could have interest in. It's not a, the kind of guy that I think is being talked about. Those defensive backs are going to go sooner than people think, and I think Green Bay is going to take one of them in the top 100, which when it is, I don't know. Guys like Trevon Diggs, Christian Fulton, I, I think they're really good players. And if Green Bay is able to come away with one, it could really bolster their secondary. And I know a lot of fans are going to sit there going, "Yeah, but you know the run game and and all that stuff." Yes, I understand the questions about the run game. They can get a run-stopping interior defender. If you come out of the draft and you don't find someone, you sign Snacks Harrison. How you sign Mike Daniels? Those are options that you have. But you, you, it's much harder to find some of these do-it-all. Versatile defensive backs. Now, if they don't find someone in the draft at corner, bring back Tremont Williams. Problem solved. But I think right now the plan is try and get younger, try and get more explosive at these positions. And then if you don't, there are a bunch of guys. I mean, the, the free agent market is actually still low-key kind of loaded. I mean, there are some big names out there that Green Bay could be looking at. But everyone is, is, in, a, is in a holding pattern because of what's going on with travel, what's going on with coronavirus. And all that stuff. So it's just it, there's there's so much more volatility than we usually have this time of year because the information is so spread out, it's so diffuse. We have so much less of it than we've ever had. And and I think that's gonna lead to a lot less groupthink. I think Daniel Jeremiah is right about that. It's gonna mean preferences mean so much more. Team preferences and and team points where they say, you know, we really want a guy who can do X, Y, and Z. Versus another guy who can only do X and Y. Or we want a guy who who can really do X. We don't really care about what Y and Z. We just don't really care. Well, every team is going to value those things differently. And, you know, maybe you get seduced into falling into the group Think, Hey, well, everyone thinks this guy is great. Why don't we? What's the deal? And, and GMs can fall into that trap. Personnel people can fall into that trap. You talk to someone you think is really smart. I do this. You know, I'll watch a player. I'll study them. I'll evaluate them. I'll look at all the numbers, and and watch the tape. And I'll have a, a, a an idea of what I think they are and what I think they aren't. And then someone I think is really smart will say, I think they're this, and it's different than what I think. And I'll go, Am I wrong? Am I wrong about this? I could be wrong. And all of a sudden, now you're you're second guessing, and and you're potentially falling into groupthink. It's something that I think we'll avoid this year. Now it is it. No. And does it mean that all of a sudden these teams are going to become brilliant at drafting players? Hell no. All you have to do is read the Bob McGinn series in The Athletic about these these players from anonymous personnel people, and you can just go, oh man, no wonder the NFL gets this wrong so much. (laughs) It's just one of those things.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees and over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now join over 10 million people and businesses and try wise for free at slash podcast um one of the things that i wanted to address is this this uh, quarterback question uh, everyone has their their player that they like the guys that they think are reasonable and i, I think it is fascinating to to look at the quarterback room and say who are the guys that fit. I, I think I took some people by surprise when I when I mentioned Jake Fromm's name, but I I do still like Jake Fromm. So to reiterate my my stance on this for those of you that missed it, uh, you draft one at thirty if you feel like they are a can't miss, can't not draft franchise player. If you don't have that guy, wait, and just wait, wait till like the fifth, sixth round. And that, that, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. If they love Jordan Love, I'll get it. I mentioned this on Twitter. Uh, Matt LaFleur had a quote about how he feels about quarterbacks and what he looks for in a quarterback. He wants the guy to be able to stare down the barrel of the gun, be hang in there and make a throw. He wants touch accuracy, obviously. And he wants off-platform, off-structure. off, platform, off, off structure. Can he just make a play when the play breaks down? Well, that's Jordan Love. And it's not going to make a lot of Packer fans happy if that's the guy they go with. But it's not going to surprise me. Now, I, I think Jordan Love is going to go. But the running back situation is another thing that a lot of people have asked about. and And Jonathan Taylor is a name that has come up over and over. And I love it. I love it. Jonathan Taylor at 62, if he's there... It's higher than I would normally advocate taking a running back, but Taylor, with his game-breaking speed, um, I think he'd be a very good fit in the Packers' offense. And he becomes your guy. He becomes your your bell cow back, such as you have one, and and it provides you a lot of leverage with Aaron Jones. Hey, Aaron, you want to you wanna be here? You want to be in Green Bay? You want a chance to win a Super Bowl? You want to play with Aaron Rodgers, and you want to play with Matt LaFleur? Maybe take a little less money because if you don't, there's this dude because he's he's a for real for real dude, and the, that the the speed is what really I think sets him apart. He's not Monte Ball, he's not Melvin Gordon, he's not a plotting, heavy footed kind of guy. He is a former track star. He is a guy who can get downhill and and make flash splash plays. And I, I think he gets a bad rap because he's a bigger back. I mean, he's six foot six, one, 2,25, and all of a sudden he's past you. Um, hunches about the thirtieth pick. I do have some hunches. Um, I I have I have narrowed it down to a group of players. I think you're looking at one of the top corners: Diggs, Fulton. Those are the two names. Terrell maybe. Because I think Henderson is going to go. So those three guys. Then I'm looking Josh Jones, Ezra Cleveland. Those are the tackles that I think they could be interested in. And then receivers: Ayuk, Jefferson, Rager, Mims. How many guys is that? Nine, something like that. I know that's not narrowing it down a ton. I think it's going to be one of those three positions. I don't linebacker in the first is not happening. It's just not happening. Any any mock that you send me and I'm, I'm, I love when you send me the mock drafts. Any mock you send me with a linebacker in the first and ask me what I think I'm going to tell you, no. They are not taking a linebacker in the first round. I do not believe they are taking a linebacker in the first round. So that's a no. I do think receiver is on the board. They did a ton of work on receivers in the in the draft at the Combine. Justin Jefferson, LaVisca Chennault. And Jalen Rager, and then they're they're heavy into Mims. They've met with Mims. They're doing a lot of work on first round receivers. It is in the mix, and I think Ayuk is one of those names that has stood out to me for a while. He was my go to guy before Jalen Rager had the video, and I, I have to admit, I'm mesmerized and and absolutely hypnotized by the video. It it is like a siren song. It calls to me. Ayuk reminds me so much of Greg Jennings. So much with his ability at his size and without track star speed to be able to make plays down the field but also underneath. Greg Jennings was the kind of player in his prime, he could take a slant 80 yards. And they don't really have a guy like that now. They don't. And IU could be that guy. He can play down the field, he can play underneath, he can play in the middle of the field, and then he gives you the jet sweeps and all of that cool stuff. So, um, that's that's a, those those two players Ayuk and Rager are really the guys that I think at receiver. I don't know that Pittman is going to be high on their list. He would be high on mine. I, I don't know that he's going to be as high for them, but but we'll see. So um, th- those are the guys that I've that I've circled there. It's hard because there could be trade down opportunities, and they could probably get Ayuk and some of these guys maybe a little bit lower. They could be okay with moving down a little bit. Chase Claypool is is another, you know, potential option. I don't love it at the end of the first trade down. Get him at 40? You have one of those situations. I'm not worried about the injury history with Ayuk. Um it's not it's not a main a main detractor for for me. Um he he really only played one season as the number 1, but part of that is because Nikhil Harry was there, and he was a first-round pick. And and he actually had a very good junior season. He transferred from Juco, Brandon Ayuk did. So it's hard to to judge those guys a little bit. K.J. Hamler is not going to be the kind of player that Green Bay is going to be that interested in. He's just too small. They don't take small guys. And and the testing, I don't know how it's going to play out, but they care about this stuff. They care about the combine. And so it's, it's easy for... Um, you know, fans to say, "Oh, we, we don't care about the combine; it's whatever." But the Packers care about the testing numbers, and, and that's an important thing to remember when we're looking at these these situations for Green Bay. And it, it's something that I think we have to take into account. All right, we're gonna be back next week. A lot more to get to. Just a couple of shows before the draft: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're gonna go live um, after the show record something and we can do a periscope let's do that after the draft after the first round let's go live on periscope hopefully periscope works and we'll record our, our in an instant reaction show um and then we'll put up the podcast that night so be prepared we're gonna have a, a draft after show i just announced it holy crap i just announced it um assuming periscope works we had some issues with the stream on friday i apologize for that But uh, I assume it's because so many people are going live because it's the only content that anyone can create and everyone can do it from home. So all the networks are saying, oh, let's just do Periscope because we don't it's a lot cheaper to do that. (laughs) Uh, You can follow me on Twitter if you want to find that Periscope at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find. Locked on Packers, and anytime you want to be a part of a show like this one, you can send me a question on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.